York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. going to feel like 100 degrees out there. I love it. It's like it fits in my red wool beret and my red sateen jacket. But I know for the rest of you, it's un miserable, especially my wife, Nancy, who hates, who hates like all of you, the heat. I say, bring it on. Bring it on these next few days. But, oh, raise that up because I pulled off the caper of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, I got my revenge on Sid Rosenberg, who sided with my nemesis, the uh, Eric Adams Republican now, Councilman Joe Borelli. I just purloined his only copy of his book, Sid Rosenberg, Citizens United, Salacious Spiel Stories, Suggestions, and Solutions, 10... To withstand a brand new woke world. And I had to steal it. The only copy that he has as he goes on his book tour today. He's on a number of shows. He doesn't even have a copy of the book. I told you I'd get vengeance on him, everybody, for siding with the Eric Adams Republican, Joe Borelli. And here it is, page 27. He delivered. He said it was because of Curtis Sliwa and Curtis Sliwa alone who went to bat for me who barged into the offices of our general manager, the president, Chad Lopez, and insisted that he not sign that contract because they wanted to hire Mike Lupica to do mid-mornings at WABC. Don Imus himself wanted Mike Lupica. Bernard McGurk was hanging there by a thread, and they were going to team up Sid Rosenberg And obviously, Bernard McGurk, and they've now gone on to become the number one morning news talk program in the nation from West Coast to East Coast. Page 27. See, I had to see it for myself because I didn't believe him. After he stabbed me in the back by siding with city councilman and the Eric Adams uh, Republican, Joe Borelli, who's off in Greece, while Staten Island has become a crime haven, carjackings, car thefts, home invasions, drive-by shootings. This is amazing. He does give me credit. He said, if not for Curtis standing up for me, I would have been down on a fishing boat off of Key West fishing for Marlin because it would have been Mike Lupica and not me. Page 27. I got the book. And you know what this is based on? Steal this book, Abby Hoffman, the Ipsters. Remember he had that book when he was hiding out up in the St. Lawrence River area, upstate New York, from the feds? The FBI back then forever busting Italians after 9-11. It was forever busting Islamists, and they were on the tail of uh, Abby Hoffman of the Ipsters, who was wanted on a federal warrant. Meantime, he's walking around town. He's, he has his book, uh, Steal This Book, Steal This Book. And I'm telling you, Sid Rosenberg, I got my venture. He's going all over Newsmax today. It's the only copy. And I got it. And he ain't getting it.
because now I have documentary proof. Meantime, because of the heat outside, it's dangerous heat for a lot of you, even though I love it. I can't get enough of the heat. When I was in Phoenix organizing the Guardian Angels in the middle of the summer, it was 122 degrees in the shade, dry heat, not the humid heat. And my red sateen jacket hermetically sealed to my body, and I loved every second of it. And my wool beret, you could not extract it from my head. I'm an exception to the rule. So for all of you out there, there is dangerous heat expected the next few days. So please, if you can't stand the heat, like my wife Nancy and so many of you, get undercover. Stay in a dark place. But don't necessarily turn up the A.C., Check this out, because in our area, especially the five boroughs in Westchester, we don't have Indian Point, which was the nuclear plant in Bucolic, Buchanan, right in the shadow of the Tappan Zee Bridge in Westchester. That's right, the Tappan Zee Bridge. I'll never call it the Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo Bridge. And it used to provide most of our power in the five boroughs and Westchester. But the son of Mario Fata Brucia Cuomo. Uh, King uh, Cuomo II, Andrew Evilized Cuomo, took it offline. And now we have to burn natural gas, which adds to global warming climate change, right? I mean, the whole idea was, you know, you had Indian Point. It was clean energy. Took it offline. Replaces it with natural gas. And now I'm reading from today's Long Island Newsday. The natural gas cost. For all the replacement for the nuclear energy we no longer have online because of Indian Point and out in Long Island, we spent $6 billion for Shoreham. And Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo mothballed that nuclear power plant without it ever generating one watt of electricity. So the natural gas costs are skyrocketing 133%. Now, do you think PSCNG? is going to incur the cost? Do you think the national grid is going to incur the cost? Or do you think they're going to pass it on to all of you? Wait till you see your electricity bills that you're going to get at the end of August. You may have to take a reverse mortgage on your house and a payday loan. You may have to declare Chapter 11. So although I want you to be cool, calm, and collected, although many of you need AC, especially those of you like me, AARP, right, you know, Remember, you got that letter every day when you were 49, a junk mail from the United States Parcel Service that reminded you had, you had cracked a half-century mark. Be safe. Be secure. Use the AC, but judiciously, because you might find out you no longer have a home, they'll repo it because you can't pay the electricity bill. Natural gas has skyrocketed 133%. Because we don't have the nuclear power we used to have. We've taken uh, one power plant offline in New Jersey. There is uh, nuclear energy in Connecticut. And the most number of nuclear power plants is in Pennsylvania, five. Only Illinois has more. And remember, what did Pennsylvania have that scared the bejeebers out of us? Three Mile Island. Remember Jane Fonda? Oh, it's the end of the world. Oh, Michael Douglas, we're going to melt down. No more nuclear energy. Well, guess what? Now you're going to see the result of all that fear, fright, hysteria, and hype. Also, we're suffering from drought in the area. Connecticut has declared a drought in some of its counties. So has New York State. Crime wave Kathy Holcomb. Uh, I call her Holcomb because she's full of nonsense. But in this case, she's right. Our water source is depleted. 
likewise in New Jersey and out there in Suffolk County. And by the way, you don't want to really take that water from the aquifer way down there without piped water because all of the carcinogens in there. So again, all of these are directly related to the hot weather, what many people call global warming, climate change, and what is definitely impacting our tri-state area. So I can't tell you enough. Be secure in the heat. And Sid Rosenberg, I know you're running around town now. He's listening. What happened to my book? What happened to my book? Oh, my God. I had only one copy. Citizens United. The salacious spiel, stories, suggestions, and solutions to withstand a woke world. And he didn't lie on page 27. I got the first copy. He gives all credit to me for barging into the office of Chad Lopez for demanding that Chad not sign that contract for Mike Lupagay. It would have been a disaster for us here at WABC. And I actually superseded Imus. Well, what a traditor, right? He wouldn't even give Bernie and Sid the chance that they so rightfully deserve. Yeah, so, hey, now let me tell you something, Sid. Uh, you're going to side with Joe Borelli. You're going to side with the Eric Adams Republicans against me. You're going to side with my nemesis. You're going to side with my enemies. You're going to side with Eric Ulrich, that traitor who took 30 pieces of silver, who's now now your neighbor out there in the Irish Riviera, the Rockaways. Think again. Oh, and speaking of my enemy, Eric <laughs> Adams, who beat me in the uh, mayoral race recently. <laughs> yeah, he's always laughing. He's always laughing at us. You stupid crackers. I mean, you uh, stupid constituents. (laughs) So where was he yesterday in the midst of this crime crisis? Uh, It was uh, Eric Adams saying that the problem is the no-cash bail situation, and he was ratcheting up the rhetoric. Then all of a sudden, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb was saying, Eric, we're two peas in a pod. We're a soup and a sandwich. We're a horse in a carriage. We love one another, unlike previous governors and mayors like uh, the two Italian stallions, Andrew Evilize Cuomo and Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, hating one another. In fact, my Kumbadi Cheech, I'll give you an update on him coming up in the next segment. Um, Rudy Giuliani and Pataki, they hated one another like two scorpions in a brandy glass before 9-11. Put all of it aside for the good of our country, for the good of the state, for the good of humanity. And I even date all of you baby boomers, Generation XZY. The richest man in the world at the time in the 60s was Nelson Rockefeller. He couldn't buy the presidency. He was our governor. And he hated the guy who was the mayor in New York City, another Republican, He looked like uh, he was out of central casting, John Lindsay. And he said to Richard Nixon when he was nominated at the 68 convention, resurrected, if you choose John Lindsay as your vice presidential candidate, I won't give you a nickel, dime, or penny. And that's how we ended up with the crook Agnew, the governor of Maryland. See, you learned a little bit here. But I want you to listen to Eric Adams because all of you Eric Adams Republicans, Joe Borelli, the rest of you, who are, who are trying to encourage trying to encourage Republicans to become rent-direct Democrats to help the Democrats who can't fend off AOC, all-out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors. They want you to become part-time Democrats to help them. And you thought that Eric Adams might actually help Congressman Zeldin, the GOP uh, leader, who won the primary, who's running against Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb. You thought he'd be able to help uh, 
he'd be able to help him? I want you to listen to Eric Adams as he dug in against Congressman Zeldin. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history, we have a hip-hop mayor. Now, wrong cut. Got to go to the other cut, Matt. I think Governor Hochul and I are aligned on on the public safety uh, issues. We have been in total alignment on public safety is important. Uh, In spite of what uh, people are tempted to say, uh, uh, Lee Zeldin and I are aligned at the hip. We must have a broken hip because he clearly doesn't get it. He has voted against all of the uh, responsible gun laws uh, in Congress. He has voted against that. We are not aligned. I'm aligned with Governor Hochul. You see, uh, Matt Meany, I can't throw you out the window because you're the program director. You could end up giving me a pink slip, and then I got to go get a job hanging wallpaper because I got all the child support payments. So I got to be nice to you. No, you don't. That's my fault. No, no, it's quite all right. But for all you Eric Adams Republicans, in fact, Matt, I want you to play it again because you were so sure that Eric Adams would lead and that Congressman Zeldin, would benefit from that because this would encroach upon the vote that crime wave Kathy Holcomb has in the most recent primary where she's ahead of Congressman Lee Zeldin. Don't disconnect this moment. First time in New York City history we have a hip-hop mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Dyslexic Arrested, rejected, now I'm elected. (laughs) Man, they don't know what they did. Yeah, you didn't know what you did. That's right, you have voters' remorse now, right? That's why there are signs all throughout the five boroughs. Don't blame me, I voted for Sliwa. They don't know what they did. He said to his constituency, these hip-hop monsters who promote more shootings, more drive-bys, more drugs, more chaos, and he just took $3 million of our hard-earned tax dollars and gave it to the Hip-Hop Hall of Fame in the South Bronx, declared himself the hip-hop mayor. Why? Why, why, Jay-Z a billionaire? Puff Daddy couldn't give him a donation and write it off on their taxes? That's a 501c3. That's right. Laugh at us. Laugh at us stupid white people, right? The crackers. By the way, let me remind you, I knew the first hip-hop mayor, Kwame Kilpatrick, Detroit. Oh, yeah, he had that big smile just like you, Eric Adams. He had those slick suits every day, $5,000 designer suits, not off the rack in those Ferragamo shoes. And he had that, that little diamond in his ear, right? You know what happened to him? He's doing 28 years of federal time for corruption, for extortion, for kickbacks, for racketeering. So, Eric Adams, let me correct you. You would be the actual second hip-hop mayor in the United States. But you really look, in almost every respect, like the thug, like the crook Kwame Kilpatrick, Doing 28 years for political corruption in a federal prison in Fort Worth. Do you really want to be the hip-hop mayor? Or how about being the mayor for all the people? Cracking down on crime and supporting your police who were being attacked, as we saw over the weekend, up in the Bronx. You didn't have a press conference defending them. 
Where's your police commissioner, M.I.A.? To hell to being the hip-hop mayor. Oofa. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Blast from the past, 1967. Number one in the Billboard Top 40. With a bullet, peace, love, and happiness, incense, and peppermint. And in fact... Who related to this song but our own Larry Kudlow? He's got me by about 10 years. But as you know, Larry Kudlow, economic advisor to former President Donald Trump and the economic expert here at WABC, did every conceivable drug in his life. I mean, he hit rock bottom. He acknowledges it. He wrote about it. And he put it all back together. And he says, here at WABC, we're heard. Not just in 38 states and parts of Canada at night with the 50,000 powerful watts of sound, but we're heard throughout the galaxies. And in fact, he may well have traveled the galaxies years ago, Larry Cuddle. He never acknowledged dropping acid or doing shrooms, almost everything else. But can you imagine this? Aaron Rodgers, maybe pound for pound, the best quarterback still existing. In the uh, NFL, yeah, Tom Brady, I know you're from California, too. But Aaron Rodgers acknowledged today, quote, psychedelic drugs led to the best season of my career. I was eating shrooms, I was dropping acid, and I was unvaxxed. Yeah, take that. Now, you think up there in Green Bay, population 100,000, where everyone is a stakeholder in the Green Bay Packers, there are more stakeholders than citizens. You think all of a sudden now they're going to say, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers, you were dropping, dropping acid, doing shrooms? Of course not. Because if you actually look at Aaron Rodgers, where did he go to school for the NCAA? UCAL Berkeley, right? He was probably dropping ass in there along Telegraph Hill. But anyway, it leads me to the discussion of who had predicted this and chastised me many years ago in front of 4,000 crazy stoners in the field house of college, <laughs> University of Maryland. Oh, my God. I'm having flashbacks right now. No, I haven't done uh, acid. College Park, Maryland, was part of the uh, national debate, heads versus feds. Dr. Timothy Leary, the guru of LSD, he was on one side. Normally, he was opposed by G. Gordon Liddy, who had actually busted him years before that at the Millbrook Estate when he was giving out acid to all the Trendoids, Freakazoids, Jet Setters in the 60s. And uh, at that time, G. Gordon Liddy who became famous because he was the head of the plumbers, you remember Watergate, but was a prosecutor in Dutchess County, raided Millbrook and took him out on a daisy chain perp walk. So even after he did time, he got sentenced to 20 years for Watergate, commuted to eight years by, yes, President Jimmy Carter. He had nothing to do, right? Here's G. Gordon Liddy, nothing to do. 
And then all of a sudden, the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, my mentor, who used to give people an opportunity to substitute for him because he'd go away on eight cruises a year. He'd snore the cruises. And all the listeners, it was a listener tour for WABC listeners. And he would pick people who he knew were good talk radio hosts and hostesses. He wasn't afraid. His ego, he said, look, if they're better than me, good, I'll just go on another cruise. Meantime, everybody else, let me find somebody in a junior college who has no experience in talk radio to substitute for me. So when I come back, all of a sudden, be, I missed you so much because the schlub you had there was like putting me to sleep. So G. Gordon Liddy is substituting for Bob Grant. It's in the afternoons, 3 to 7 on the most powerful news talk station in the nation, WABC. Back then, as we are now, revived by John Katsimatidis and Red Apple Media, our parent company. And who's listening? Mel Carmazan. That's right, remember, Mel Carmazan. Now, how do you remember that name? Because he was the CEO of Infinity. Remember, they own the fan. Mel Carmazan was like the number one fan of Imus in the Morning with Bernard McGurk and Sid Rosenberg. He's listening. He's driving around. The son of a cab driver who grew up in Astoria in the projects. He said, who the hell is this? G. Gordon Liddy, we got to get him. WABC, we were ready to sign him up to do overnights, just like uh, Frank Morano now does the other side of uh, Midnight. And like uh, Art Bell, the Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown did uh, more than a decade ago, he was going to be the overnight guy syndicated across the nation. And Mel Carmazan is on the phone with G. Gordon Liddy at the studios at WABC. He just finished substituting for Bob Grant and Seven. Don't sign that contract. I want to bring you to Washington, D.C. We're launching an FM talker, JFK, and we want to syndicate you. He ended up being heard on 160 stations across America, AM and FM, because of Mel Carmesman, but really because of Bob Grant. Bob Grant giving him that chance. All the suits at ABC that time. Oh, my God. You got to bring G. Gordon Liddy in here, head of the plumbers, Watergate. He should have done 20 years. Why did Jimmy Carter let him go after eight? And so afterwards, then, there was this debate, heads versus feds. So Timothy Leary versus G. Gordon Liddy, and it made sense. So they go on the road, and whenever G. Gordon Liddy was not available, guess who substituted for him? Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. So we're on the stage there, 4,000 stoners hating my guts because I was zero tolerance back then. And incense, because I hear incense and peppermint again, please play it low there, Matt Meany. So this was the theme song for G. Uh, for uh, Timothy Leary to come out, the guru of LSD. He comes out on stage. The crowd goes crazy. They're dropping acid. It's like it's like Jerry Garcia in a Grateful Dead concert. They're dropping acid right there. F you, Sliwa. Here, I'm dropping Mickey Mouse on Donald Duck and Minnie Mouse because he had little litmus uh, tabs back then with the Disney cartoon characters, which was a real F you to... Uh, Corporate American. By the way, Walt Disney himself was dropping acid. Oh, yeah, yeah, many years ago. I mean, Timothy Leary would always tell us this. So he comes out on the stage and he opens up and he goes, You, zero tolerance. You fascist sliwa. You who go out there and kick in doors and do drug raids as the world's biggest vigilante. One day, mark my words, the best athletes in the world in football will be dropping acid. I said, you're in a drug-induced psychosis in the crowd. Boo! Boo! So now what do I do? His ashes are circulating 
in a uh, capsule. I don't know if it's uh, Elon Musk's uh, satellite up there. And no doubt Elon Musk dropping acid, too, I would bet you. I mean, he's smoking that bong, right, with Joe Rogan. You know he's dropping acid. But now I got to apologize to his ashes in space? I got to do mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa? He's absolutely right. You know, if Aaron Rodgers is admitting it, because he can't, because he is so in demand. Look, if Green Bay says, hey, you know, you're a doper, uh, you're a head, you're a stoner. You know how many other teams would sign him up? Like uh, mm, uh, the uh, 49ers? Hey, come back to home. You graduated UCAL Berkeley where you were probably dropping acid right there on Telegraph Hill. That's the story of the day. And imagine on the very same day, Brittany Griner sentenced to nine years for having cannabis cartridges in her luggage on her way to Russia back in February. Nine years. Here, we can walk outside here during lunch hour. WABC, everybody's vaping with the cartridges. It's like purple haze. You're getting a secondary contact high. It's like you're being shotgunned in the street. Oh, God. And there, nine years. But, you know, it's all a ploy. And even though they had her in the cage, because that's where they put all the accused, you know what they really want to do? They want to negotiate for the merchant of death. This guy's vile, despicable. He was selling arms to third world countries on behalf of Russia. We grabbed him. He's in a federal pen. And now states, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is negotiating her release in return for the merchant of death. Meantime, on the national front, this is breaking news. The, uh, actually, the head of the DOJ, our attorney general, Merrick Garland just announced at a press conference that he had unsealed federal indictments against four current and former Louisville Metro Police Department officers involved in the deadly no-knock raid on Breonna Taylor's home. They were arrested earlier this morning. If you remember, there was a no-knock warrant. They went into the hallway. They bum-rushed the door. The boyfriend was sleeping in the bed with Breonna Taylor. She was not the person who should have been on the warrant. They had the wrong apartment. The boyfriend had a legal handgun, fired at the cops because he thought they were home invaders. They live in a tough neighborhood. And the cops unloaded on them from the hallway, from the courtyard. I mean, there must have been like 72 shots fired. Breonna Taylor died. Then you remember, no justice, no peace. Black Lives Matter every night. Tantifa every night in Louisville. And it was endless. Actually, I agree with this. Attorney General Merrick Garland is absolutely correct. That was an absolute false cover story that they gave in an attempt to escape responsibility for their roles in preparing the Warren affidavit that contained all that false information. That was egregious. And I know a lot of you say, hey, Curtis, I thought you were law and order. I am law and order. But when you're wrong, you're wrong. You took a life. No knock warrant. You know, I understand no-knock warrants. Hey, I had a no-knock warrant done against me. I know how it works. They dragged me out in the middle of the morning. He said, sorry, we got the wrong guy. Psych. With guns to my head. Anyway, that's for another day. Meantime, as we speak of attorney generals, now we're speaking at the state level. High five, high five. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who announced again earlier today a lot of breaking news that his administration in Tallahassee is suspending their state attorney, 
General Andrew Warren. When you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today, we are suspending State Attorney Andrew Warren, effective immediately. Right on. You know, I'm liking DeSantis more and more. Now, he has the right as the governor. To do that. I don't think that Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb can do that against friend of the criminal and a person obsessed in prosecuting Trump on all levels, Tish James. She is for no cash bail. She always supports criminal rights. She is the highest elected law enforcement official in New York and Albany, and she might as well be in charge of the Department of Criminal Rights. Turn them loose, Tish James. And think of it on this day, as DeSantis is dismissing his attorney general because his attorney general is not performing those duties, as that attorney general swore to the Constitution to uphold, as did Tish James, as have district attorneys all across America, like Turn em Loose Alvin Bragg, like Kramer in Philadelphia, like Fox in Chicago, like Boudin in San Francisco, who's out because of recall. Like Garrison, who will be out in L.A. because of recall. They get sworn in. They promise to uphold the Constitution to be a prosecutor, and they end up turning out to be a glorified defense attorney and the head of, uh, of the Legal Aid Society and not the prosecution of that particular county or that particular state. High five, high five. And this comes on the heels of Attorney General Tish James obsessed in prosecuting Donald Trump, Trump's family, Trump's holdings, Everything Trump, 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 Trump. It's the only thing that she thinks about. And sources have said that Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka did testify before the New York Attorney General's office in a financial probe just last week. And none of them took the fifth. None of them took the fifth. And remember, Alvin Bragg hated Trump, right? Uh, Got elected in Manhattan and inherited the prosecution, the potential prosecution of Donald Trump by then uh, (laughs) white shoes. Uh, uh, Man, he was so horrible. He followed his uh, mentor was uh, Morgenthau. And uh, white shoes would not wanted to prosecute Trump to the umpteenth, but he was out of office. Bragg assumed that prosecution was going to put it before a grand jury. Actually, to his credit, looked at all the information that had been assembled by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office and said, no, we can't prosecute. We can't put this before a grand jury. And remember, you know the old adage, as you have heard uh, time and time again, if an attorney general, if a district attorney wanted to indict somebody, they can indict a ham sandwich because uh, the accused, they have no defense before a grand jury. And everything is kept silencia. So let's bring it to Michael Maricic, Rudy Giuliani. Remember, it was back on April 28th of 2021. He was broadcasting here at WABC. Thank God John Katsimatidis did not fold. There was pressure to fire Rudy, fire Rudy, because the FBI, 6 o'clock in the morning, had raided his apartment on the Upper East Side and took everything, took all of his cell phones, took all of his technology, took his laptops, took his hard drives, took his worktop computer. And everybody was saying, John, you got to fire this guy. 
He's going to be indicted. He's going to be in jail. The very same department that he was in charge of, the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Southern District, was claiming Rudy's going to jail because he was lobbying on behalf of himself in the Ukraine, and he did not apply to become a lobbyist. He's going to jail. And the only person standing outside of the apartment that day was his son, Andrew Giuliani, and this is what he had to say. Anybody, any American, whether you're red or blue, should be extremely disturbed by what happened here today, by the continued politicization of the Justice Department. This is disgusting. This is absolutely absurd, and it's the continued politicization of the Justice Department that we have seen, and it has to stop. If this can happen to the former president's lawyer, this can happen to any American. Enough is enough. you got to be listening today, 3 o'clock. Against all odds, Rudy Giuliani has been exonerated. There will not be a prosecution. It was all bogus to begin with. Props to John Katzmatidis to holding firm and saying, no, no, I'm not firing Rudy Giuliani. Props to his son. But where were the rest of you? Because right after that... Rudy endorsed me to become the mayor, and people were saying, oh, you don't want that, that's toxic. I said, F all of you, Rudy was the greatest mayor we ever had, he was America's mayor, and I'm taking his endorsement, and I took it to the bank. has become our theme song for monkeypox and the continued spread of monkeypox and the continued disinformational campaign by health authorities who are claiming, oh, you could get monkeypox just by touch, just by laying in the sheets of somebody who had been infected, infected, yeah, 1%, right, 99% comes about through sex that men have with one another, bisexual men have. And uh, unfortunately... It is continuing to rise because uh, abstinence is the cure, guys. Hey, think you can withhold, you know, just a few weeks till you get vaccinated? No, I have an insatiable appetite to have sex. Well, you might get monkeypox. And speaking of the Rolling Stones, they have completed their tour. Ronnie Wood, 75, Mick Jagger, 79, Keith Richards. How the hell is he still alive with that spike in his arm? Instead of heroin, it's probably fentanyl now, but they finished in Berlin, which has become the most decadent, debaucherous city in all of Europe. I know I have guardian angels there. By the way, that's the way it was before Hitler came into power. Oh, it was the decadent, debaucherous epicenter of the world. But all of a sudden, right, you have this new docuseries about the Rolling Stones, and I mean everything decadent and debaucherous that you can imagine. Meantime, the big story that is now busting forth uh, from the headlines of the New York Post is that the Grace Church High School, very elite, got to have a lot of dough to go there in Manhattan, actually had a drag queen singing the Judy Garland hit Somewhere Over the Rainbow to all of them. I know that that always touches me. In the church, 
during Gay Pride Month, the kids were in the church of the school when the drag queen was performing. I'm saying, chill out. I know a lot of you conservatives, many of you are like really losing it now, saying, in a freaking church. Let me remind you that years and years ago, J. Edgar Hoover, who was known to dress in drag, and Cardinal Spellman of the Archdiocese, was seen romping around in the rectory of the Archdiocese, right in the shadow of St. Patrick's Cathedral. So take a chill pill. The world will somehow survive because in the 50s, when television became the choice over radio, this thing of ours, and that was the end of the golden age of radio, who was the number one TV star in America? Milton Berle, who every week was dressed in drag for the full show. Relax! But speaking of drag, speaking of freaky deaky, Governor Crime Wave Holcomb, uh, who does nothing about the crime, nothing about most of the issues, but just has press conference after press conference as she flies all over New York State from Buffalo to Brooklyn at taxpayers' expense, spending millions of dollars. Every day there are new stories about her exploiting our tax dollars and using it to run to get elected governor against Congressman Zeldin. I beg you, I beseech you, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're Republican or conservative, independent, First-time voter, long-time voter, you got to come to the polls. With early voting or on November 8th, we must elect Congressman Zeldin, the governor, because this woman is out of control. With all the things going on, and with her now blaming judges and not no cash bail, even though, hey, Eric Adams, Republicans, Eric Adams is supporting Hoko and distant dismissed Congressman Zeldin, what is her big issue today? She's announcing the new online process for New Yorkers to choose an ex-gender marker on their driver's license or ID. I just want to simplify this process. I want to make it very simple for all of you. Matt Meany, our producer, because there are now 72 different determinations of your gender identification. Wait, 72 you just said? 72. That's not a joke? I will go over it tonight and substituting for Frank Morano, the Mama Luke, on the other side of midnight. 72 different definitions of gender identification. At any given moment, you are permitted to change your gender identification and sexuality. So today, Matt Meany, you may decide, I don't have the urge to merge. I'm going to be a celibate. I'm going to be asexual. But tomorrow you wake up and all of a sudden, I feel like a pansexual. I want to have sex with everything that walks, including turtles. And that is your right. Because now you have identified as a pansexual. And you know who is leading the charge here now? Oh, my God. Say it ain't so. Demi Lovato says that she has adopted she, her pronouns again. And went on to give an explanation that is freaky deaky, that is disjointed, disconnected. I don't know if she's back on drugs again. But she said, look, I'm feeling human at my core. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine. So I've adopted she, her again, even though before I was he, she, and they. She goes, look, nobody's perfect. Over the past year, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. I've had the revelation, I don't know if she was doing shrooms like Aaron Rodgers and Timothy Leary, that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll be officially changing my pronouns 
to they, them. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and I am still discovering. So for me, I'm such a fluid person that I don't really, I don't find that I am, I, 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 look, I feel like, especially last year, my energy was balanced in my masculine and feminine energy. So that when I was faced with the choice of walking into a bathroom and it said women and men, I didn't feel like there was a bathroom for me, Debbie Lovato, because I didn't feel necessarily like a woman. I didn't feel like a man. I just felt like a human. And then finally she says, I will be on this journey forever. There might be a time where I identify as trans. I don't know what this will look like for me. There might be a time where I identify as non-binary and gender non-conforming my entire life. Or maybe there's a period of time when I get older that I will once again identify as a woman as I was birthed. This woman is in a drug-induced psychosis, that's for sure. She is confused. But you know what? The Curtis Lewa method is simple. Are your chromosomes XX, which is a woman, or XY, which means, like Matt Meany, you might one day feel like you're X, a woman, and the next day feel like you're a Y, a man. Anyway, up next, I know he's a man's man, Greg Kelly. 